Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, April 19th, 2019. My name is Adam. I am your host, and this week, it's the Superstar Shakeup. Who will be on Raw? Who will be on SmackDown? Who actually made it to Raw amidst a myriad of travel issues? Let's find out. Raw opens with Stephanie McMahon. Remember when we used to get opening music videos? Those were awesome, huh? Guess they kind of lose their punch without the pyro, though. Anyway, Steph brings out Shane to resounding booze. Shane brings Mike Rome into the ring and demands that Mike introduce him properly, a la Greg Hamilton. Please only once. Please. No, he uh, he makes Mike do it in French. Mike doesn't speak French. So Shane does it himself. It's not good. Stephanie explains the superstar shakeup just in case you've missed the last few years. Shane holds off on introducing the first shaken superstar to make fun of the Miz and his dad some more. Miz interrupts Steph, uh, uh, Steph's announcement and attacks Shane from behind. Not sure if he's actually being shaken up or not, but I'm okay with it if it's the case. Skull then confirms that Miz has been shaken up as Miz begins wailing on Shane with a chair. Miz chases Shane off and celebrates with chair, and we go to a Mania recap. Tonight, a six-man tag will see a new member of the Shield facing off against the three douchebags. Ricochet enters, and before we get a chance to see his Raw nameplate, Cole hollers out, Wait a minute! Does this mean Ricochet is now officially on Raw? Because we've never seen him on Raw before tonight. Match number one, eight-man tag, Major Blackishay versus The Revival and The Viking Experience. Who are The Viking Experience, you ask? Why only the NXT Tag Team Champion War Raiders, except with the stupidest fucking name change I have ever heard in my life. No longer Roe and Hanson, the War Raiders are now Eric and Ivar, the Viking experience. That's not even a tag team name. That's an exhibit in a history museum or a really shitty renaissance fair. I hate this. I hate this more than any name change Vince has ever done. Fuck is wrong with the War Raiders. Or if you can't, if you don't want to use the word war... Call them the Raiders. Or if you insist on using Vikings, call them the Viking Raiders. Fuck this and fuck you. Negative points. I'm legitimately angry. The Viking experience legitimately makes them sound like cosplayers or a cover band. Anyway, the Jimi Hendrix experience pinned Zack Ryder following The Fall, which is that uh, kind of diving leg drop that Hanson does while Roy, you know what I'm talking about. Grade D. I'm still mad. And not just because I know Hanson, he's a good dude. Then they announce via vignette that Cedric Alexander has been shaken to Raw. Enter Finn Balor, who is still wearing blue. Match number two, Finn Balor versus a special opponent chosen by the McMahon family, making his Monday Night Raw debut, according to Cole. That special opponent turns out to be Andrade, fresh off getting his dick sucked in Punta Cana on Instagram. Andrade hits the face fucker about 30 seconds in, and I'm sincerely worried that they're squashing Finn on his way to SmackDown, but Finn is able to kick out. Balor starts selling a knee injury, which makes it perfectly sensible that he'd hit the charging dropkick and try to climb up for the coup de grace. Andrade avoids said coup de grace, and apparently this knocks his injured knee back into place, as as Finn then has no problem hitting a running suicide dive. Andrade pins Balor with the hammerlock DDT. Grade B. These two can go, obviously. Would love to see them get a pay-per-view length match to shine. We then get a recap of Elias summoning Taker last week. He's in the ring. He taunts the crowd with a local sports reference. 
He is interrupted by the presumably still injured Rey Mysterio. I don't know why Cole and Graves are so excited for a dude who lost in less than a minute at WrestleMania. Mysterio botches a springboard, but Elias goes with it. Mysterio's trunks tonight remind me of lemon meringue pie. Then Lars Sullivan appears. Ray fares better than Kurt Angle and the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, but gets slammed all the same. Sullivan buries Ray with a running sit-out powerbomb. That looked good. When we come back, Glorable are in the ring already. Bobby grabs a mic, and they throw the Usos' nameplate on the screen before he starts to speak. Whoever did that is fired. Bobby says that when they are on their game, they can beat any tag team. Chad then extends an open invitation. Match number three, Glorable versus, oh my god, it's the Usos! Glorable have worn blue trunks for as long as they've been partnering. Tonight they're wearing red. What are the odds we see them on SmackDown tomorrow? Usos win with a double splash. I don't understand how that's a fin- well- I understand how it's a finish. I don't understand how it's more effective because one guy is just getting all shins, which if it were a normal splash would be considered a counter. Grade B. Even with the premature ejaculation of the nameplate, that was fun. Plus, the crowd couldn't see that and was super hyped for the Usos on Raw. We get a recap of Roman at Mania and a reminder that tonight we get a new member of the Shield in their constant fight against the three douchebags of the apocalypse. Time for a moment of bliss. Graves immediately jizzes his pants. Sami Zayn... Oh, fuck. Sami Zayn is her guest tonight. Alexa sits there for the entire commercial break, presumably, and then Mike Rome introduces her again when we come back. The crowd is huge for Sami, being in Montreal, after all. I cannot wait to see how he turns them against them, against him, or even if he can. They sing along to his theme song. He takes a deep bow for both sides of the house and then sits back down. Then, I think just to fuck with him, they play his theme a third time. I feel like he's about to own them, and it's going to be beautiful. Uh, he calls them fish in a barrel, which I don't think they heard, and then says, Bienvenue, Montreal! And they cheer. He says it again, tells Alexa to watch, and then starts the ole, 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 ole chant. He says he has to stop, otherwise he'll be there all night. Alexa asks him how it feels to be back after ten months off. He says he's loved being home, and talks about all the Montreal things he's done here in Montreal, but cannot stand the people. Then he doubles down on his criticisms from last week. Alexa stands up for the fans, and Sammy threatens to leave. They sing. He says, see you in hell, and pieces out to commercial break. Enter those fighting champions, the Iconics. Earlier today, Bailey couldn't get in touch with Sasha, but she promised to get a new partner for this match. Match number four, the Iconics versus Bailey and... Oh. Naomi. Great. I suppose that makes sense with the Usos coming over, those who drive drunk together, threaten cops together, you know, all that. I believe this is a non-title match because they're fighting champions, but Bailey starts hot with Billy. Peyton's trunks remind me of Bam Bam Bigelow, and I approve. Naomi and Bailey basically squash the champions' grade. C. Not just because it's a squash, but because it also seems detrimental to the new titles. And back to WrestleMania for a main event recap. Did we go back in time to last week? Or were the travel troubles that bad that they're that desperate to fill time? Then EC3 actually gets to enter before commercial. They must be fucking desperate. But first, the puppet in a box has to laugh. Match number five, EC3 versus Braun Strowman. Wow. Why Why even call EC3 up? Seriously. Honest question. The bell never rings, so this isn't a match. Braun just beats the ever-loving hell out of EC3. Braun chokeslams him through the little platform between the stage and the commentators. This gets negative points from me. Absolutely did not need to happen and only serves to show how fucking wasted EC3 is on the main roster. 
Braun screams, and this is apparently Becky's cue. We get some recaps and then a graphic of who's been shaken up so far. The graphic does not include the Viking experience, but it does include Eric Young. Did they just throw the wrong Eric up there and give up on Ivar? Match number five, Becky Lynch versus Ruby Riot. This is also non-title for some reason. Becky gets the disarm her locked in, but Sarah and Liv are able to pull Ruby out of the ring, so she takes them out and locks it on again for the submission victory grade. See, these two can do so much more, but instead we get Braun destroying EC3 for no goddamn reason. After the match, Becky takes out Sarah and Liv again backstage. Charlie is with the three doucheketeers. Baron immediately makes the hilarious joke that he hopes Charlie gets traded to SmackDown. Drew doesn't give a shit who is joining the Shield tonight, he just wants to beat up Roman. Baron promises to send Seth and Roman packing to SmackDown. Leo says no one would be dumb enough to team up with Seth and Roman to take them on. That happened. Meanwhile, Bex is still in the ring for some reason as Natalia walks to the ring. Natty congratulates Becky for her accomplishments and then challenges her to a title match. She does so by quoting her Uncle Brett and the crowd boos. It's typical Natty stuff. The words are decent, but the delivery is poor. Bex basically tells her to bring it the fuck on. Lacey Evans then appears to say she's first in line for a title match, but that she also has a match with Natalia for contendership. So, thankfully, we have learned that she has dropped that horrible fake southern accent. Match number six, Raw Women's Contendership, Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Natty is ev eventually able to lock on a half-assed sharpshooter, but Lacey crawls to the ropes. A woman's right then puts Natty down. Then that springboard moonsault, which ends in Lacey's shins, going directly into Natty's stomach. And that finishes Natty off. Grade C. I really didn't care. And the moonsault looked legitimately painful for Natty. Charlie is back in the men's locker room. She knocks, and magically it's Seth and Roman who answer, and not, say, Dolph Ziggler or someone else. Somehow it was exactly who she wanted to talk to. She asks who their new partner is, and they're not going to tell her. Someone then tries to walk out of the locker room in the middle of the promo, but there's no telling if that was the mystery partner or some rando who doesn't understand how television works. Drew enters for the main event, and we go to break. Then the same creepy music as the box puppet accompanies footage of creepy toys. As though Cole needed another god-awful wrestler-specific catchphrase, as soon as AJ Styles' music hit, he starts playing, he hollers, This is phenomenal! <sighs> then we go to another break. Match number seven, Three Man Bland versus Phenomenal Shield. At one point, Cole hollers so loudly about a claymore that it partially unplugs his headset. Sadly, it does not stay that way. AJ doesn't know how to take Bobby's finisher, but the pin gets broken up by a Seth penalty, which is followed by a spear and a phenomenal forearm for the victory. Grade B, I guess. I look forward to what AJ can do on Raw, since he was kind of out of options on SmackDown, but that finisher parade on Bobby kind of felt like overkill. AJ steps a few steps in front of Seth and Roman as we begin to end the night, and I swear I was just sitting here waiting for them to attack him from behind. Overall grade for Raw, D+. Plus. I'm still angry about the Viking experience. Please, please, SmackDown, don't suck as bad. We open with a recap of last night's shaking, and then the KO show. KO seems a little overwhelmed to be back home in Montreal. He says some shit in French that I can't understand. He brings out Kofi. Every time I see that giant platter of pancakes, I wonder how many of them are actually real. Kevin doesn't have a desk tonight, and that's a shame. Kevin congratulates Kofi on behalf of everyone in attendance. They talk about Big E not being there, and Woods freaks out because they took away all of his up, up, down, down buddies and put them on Raw. Kevin says they have a tag match later against Rusev de Nakamura and volunteers to be their third. They test Kev's qualifications to be in the new day. He shows them his hip swivel, and I laugh out loud. Bonus points. 
For some reason, we get a shot of Rusev and Nakamura watching from their locker room. They bestow, uh, I should say, not not they, because that's too generic. Kofi and Xavier bestow upon uh, Kevin the holy crop top and unicorn, unicorn horn, and Big O is born. Cesaro then just randomly appears and offers to back up Rusev and Shinsuke. Where the fuck did Sheamus go? Enter Finn Balor. When we come back, that tag match is now officially a six-man tag match. Match number one, Finn Balor versus Ali. This should be fun. Ali hits a huge Hurricane Rana off the top rope with Finn standing on the top rope. That was crazy. Finn avoids a 450, hits that exploding dropkick and the coup de grace, and Balor is your winner. Grade B. That was a lot of fun, fast-paced, hard-hitting, good stuff. Backstage, Kofi and Xavier tell Kevin that in order to become Big O, he needs to eat the entire platter of pancakes in less time than it took Big E, which was 5 minutes and 37 seconds. Kevin says he's never eaten a pancake before in his life. What? Kevin is turning heel at some point, right? That's a thing that's happening, right? Enter R-Truth. I don't even remember what brand he's supposed to be on, so I don't know if this is a shake or not. Meanwhile, Kevin breaks Big E's pancake-eating record and almost vomits. Match number two, Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Flair has been shaken up to smack... Sorry, what? She, she what? This whole time? Then why? No, I know. But why Why has she been feuding over the Raw women's title for the last three months? Charlotte almost immediately yells out, I hate Canada. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. She's like Joe Kennedy, giving away that heat for cheap. If you don't get Boston-based local channels, you won't get that joke. And I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> Cameo by the giant golden uterus at ringside. Carmella taps to the figure eight. Grade C. The match was meh, and Charlotte almost seemed to be trying too hard at being a heel. It was weird. Then, Lars. He crushes our truth who tries to fight back but fails. Then he turns to Carmella. I'm just going to assume he wants to smash. Little Nate gets her out of the ring, so he powerbombs Truth. Tonight, Mr. McMahon reveals the biggest acquisition in SmackDown Live history. Plus, Becky Two Bells. Becky is in the ring when we come back. Last night, she ran through Lacey Evans. Tonight, she's interested in seeing who's being shaken up to take her on on the blue side. Enter Ember Moon. She's here to make a name for herself. Then Bailey comes out. Crowd is not excited to see Bailey. The promo, not great. Then the Iconics interrupt. Becky pins them and becomes Becky Four Belts. Okay, not really, but a boy can dream. They talk shit to Bailey and Becky, basically ignoring the fact that Ember Moon is even there. And then out comes Paige, who promises to bring a who who promised to bring a new tag team to SmackDown to challenge the Iconics. She starts to bring out her team when she's interrupted by Fire and Desire, who call it an absolution reunion. Paige tells them to suck eggs. She then, of course, brings out the Sky Pirates, or I'm sure what Vince thinks is the Sky Pirates, because all Asians are the same, right? Right, Grandpa? Yeah. Nope, it's Asuka and Kairi Sane. Huh. I also want to point out that Paige said she was bringing out two all-new superstars, and then she introduces the last SmackDown Women's Champion. How far can you fall? Also, fuck happens to Io at this point? Io, what the fuck? It, it, she just kind of gets hosed in this deal, right? I still don't understand the pirate thing, by the way. Still, completely don't fucking get it. She tells the Asians to go get him, and Asuka quickly throws her robe off and charges the ring. Kylie has to take her jacket off and then her hat, and by the time she starts running down the ramp, Asuka has already slid into the ring. Match number three, Lunar Hugs versus... Uh, oh, I forgot the joke that I wrote here. Back up. 
Match number three, Lunar Hugs versus Os Pirates versus Iconics Fire and Desire. Holla holla. Okay, uh, Kyrie elbows Peyton and pins her grade. See, this this didn't need to happen this way. What a pointless fucking match. Uh, backstage, the Hardys talk about being champions of the universe. And then we see Big O play Big E in the New Day intro, which was actually pretty fun. Uh, before that, however, Buddy Murphy is now on SmackDown. He gives us a nice little promo in front of a purple backdrop. Match number four, the New Day 2.0 versus Rusar Kimura. Owens pins Rusev with a stunner. Grade C. That seemed markably short. To me, at least. And really did not hold my attention in the least. Uh, backstage, Vince is watching. His big acquisition is next. The crowd attempts to sing along to Vince's theme song, and he shuts them up immediately. So fuck you, Montreal. He says that the superstar he's about to bring out has his personal seal of approval, which isn't something he gives often. And that this is the future of the entire business. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. As usual, Elias is interrupted this time by Roman Reigns. Look, I know Elias obviously wasn't the final swap. That was clear, but that's still quite the rub from the chairman. Roman Superman's Elias. Vince yells at him, so Roman Superman's Vince. Face. He says SmackDown Live is his yard now and poses as Elias tends to Vince. Roman leaves, but then goes back so he can spear Elias. Face. And then he poses again. Overall grade for SmackDown Live, B-. Certainly better than Raw, I suppose. Overall grade for the week is a C+. The shakeup just seemed to throw everything off kilter this week. Hopefully they can rebound next week since the rosters won't be in flux. One can only hope. That is it for me for this week. Please continue to visit rundownwrestling.com every day to vote in the tournament. Send me your feedback to NitromaniaPod on Twitter and at Gmail. Become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. I know... I know, my, for those of you listening to this on Patreon, my special Making the Grade for When Worlds Collide has not been posted yet because I have not actually had a chance to watch Worlds Collide yet. Uh, but as soon as I do, it, it'll be up, I promise. Uh, and I will be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Grade. Blurk.